Hello and welcome to Udcast episode 57. This is Head of School Dan Glass with you once again, recording live in the Sound Lab here at the Brandeis School of San Francisco on a beautiful sunny Thursday. And uh, I am excited to be joined today by our director of lower school, Jenny Rin. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Dan. It's nice to be here. Yeah, it's very exciting to have you here. Um, So we're going to start with a poem because we always start with a poem. And then we're going to talk about um, talking about the sort of notion of uh, how we document learning and how we make learning visible even as adults in the Brandeis community, which uh, Jenny is uh, has written about for the word of the week this week. And I thought of um, Angie Malenko as a poem, poet to start us out today. Um, and I think just because there's a way in which um, she reminds me of, uh, of Jenny or Jenny reminds me of Angie, um, very, um, very uh, cerebral uh, as a poet and um, but like full of sort of joy in language. Um, and, and Jenny is a really amazing writer. You guys who, uh, who will read the word of the week this week will get to see that. So this is a short poem called Keys and Scales from a really beautiful book called Starred Wire. I think I may have shared a poem from this in a previous episode. Uh, and it goes like this. Back when maps were dangerous, it was seditious to give one to a foreigner. Feeling so perfectly calligraphic that implying the limp like an I am superseded what was said of one by the words themselves. One slyly wrote across the desert, allaying the panic took a device to craft a presence. To say, in search of a role that a double bend in the river was a perimeter of repatriation, we tried that of believers, like quoted back to itself, the wilderness took shape. The stars were of where two had met in honeydew shadow and made maps praise. Hmm. Not sure yeah. what to make of that poem, reading it out loud here, other than that it's some lovely sounds. Um, so, Jenny, welcome to the Yidcast once again. Thank you, Dan. Uh, you, this this whole conversation started um, because you have, since coming on board here at Brandeis, you've been um, uh, very actively engaged in your own uh, learning processes and, and uh, both, you know, getting out in the world and going to all kinds of conferences, but also engaged in a number of reflective practices. And um, you brought one of those uh, to my office recently, which were um, these, uh, well, almost kind of maps, but these sort of illustrations or or visual representations of um, some of the goals that you had set for yourself. So um, I'm curious about uh, the genesis of that work and um, uh, if you could just talk about it a little bit. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I think my drawings, I brought in a drawing of each of one, each of my professional goals. It was an exercise that my professional coach asked me to do. And when she first asked me to do it, I was sort of doubtful and I thought I didn't really have a lot of time for that. Um, but still, she often asked me to do things that I don't understand the reason for until after I've done them. So I set aside a Sunday afternoon and, um, with some inspiration from some children's books, started to, to draw 
um, what was inside sort of a what was inside of my head, but also metaphorically at my um, each one of my professional goals. And it was sort of like the map you mentioned in your poem, like out of my head, I was sort of mind mapping hmm. um, my goals on paper. And just the process of doing it made brought them more to the forefront of my mind and more central to my daily practice mm -hmm. rather than just on the periphery of what I do. Hmm. That's super interesting. Um, I'm curious, uh, as a both someone who has been a longtime lower school mm -hmm. classroom teacher and now is running uh, an entire lower school division, what like are there analogs that you see between that work of uh, of illustrating one of your goals or some of your goals and um, and things that we ask our kids to do in the classroom? Sure, I think you know I I, I had that practice with my students when I was in the classroom. I think you know asking kids to represent their thinking in various ways gives them different perspectives on their original idea. It also allows them, when they have it documented in their learning and their thinking is visual, other children and teachers can look at the learning and comment themselves and they often learn about their own process by discussing it with other children. Mm. Um, and it leads, the dialogue end up, ends up becoming very rich mm. and it leads to just expanded thinking. Mm. and. I've seen some of that in the classrooms here. And just for an example, when teachers do number talks in the classroom, they'll often pose a problem, they'll put one on the board, and ask children to mentally solve the problem. And they ask them, rather than for the answer, which they'll get to eventually, how they solved the problem. And together what happens is group a construction of group meaning. So children learn from one another. Sometimes children that came up with the wrong answer will learn that their process was correct, but they just made a mistake. And other children that came up with the right answer sometimes will realize that there are multiple ways of getting that answer. And they start to make sense from one another's processes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I can think of times I've seen versions of that taking place. Um, both as a parent and as an educator. Um, so t would you describe one of, like, tell us about one of your goals, and then I'd love to hear a sort of description of what you did visually to represent that and what your thought process was as you were, as you were doing so. Mm -hmm. um, let me think about which one my favorite one was. Um, I think... Um, yeah, the process was really interesting, even like picking one to start with mm -hmm. and then thinking about how I wanted to create sort of movement and growth in the picture. The, the one I did last, I think for some reason was the hardest one for me and probably why I did it last. And it was expanding differentiated learning in the classrooms. And I was trying to think about how to represent it so it wasn't, it didn't fall into um, the categories that people end up thinking about in terms of differentiated learning, like oh, some kids are more kinesthetic and some kids are more visual, but that that it's more complex than that. And, mm -hmm. and children sometimes, we don't even know how they're getting to the answer and how they're moving forward, and it's sometimes not visual. Mm -hmm. um, and then it makes it hard for us as teachers to push them forward. So I ended up doing, for that one, 
I thought about doing a mountain and having kids take different paths to the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I came up with a river instead, just sort of like, I don't know, learning sort of flows and moves. And it isn't, I don't think, obvious in the picture because people have interpreted it different ways from the people I've discussed it with already. But the, the children in the picture are trying to get from one side of the river to the other. Mm. Um, and I have sort of... You know, you'll see groups of children. You'll see some alone. You'll see some swimming. Some like there's one riding on an alligator's back. There's one laying in the rock, laying on a rock in the middle. Um, there's one that parachuted down on the other side. You can see that some took, sort of took a windy path. Mm-hmm. One is already leaving the other side of the river and moving forward. So just thinking about not children don't always get to the same place at the same time, and oftentimes in classrooms we expect them to and Mm -hmm. it's just not really possible but everybody gets there and even on their way they're learning a lot so even those children that were on the other side of the river were still were working together to build a raft Mm -hmm. but that was still really valuable even if they hadn't gotten to the other side yet yeah uh that's great it's uh we've we've talked about the phrase that i encountered working with an architect on a campus uh, master plan for a, a previous school who said that that schools, the physical space of schools, need to encourage curious itineraries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that phrase and have really held on to it because uh, I think it's very true of, of how we want our schools to feel. Um, but but I, what I love about what you've just described is that it's also, it's also a description of how learning should look, right? Mm-hmm. That there should be curious itineraries and different pathways across the river, through the river, uh, you know, into and down the river. Um, it also makes me think of, I don't know if you ever uh, saw, but like one of these, um, there was a syndicated uh, comic strip called Family Circus. Mm-hmm. Um, and and every now and then what the sort of comic would be would be sort of one kind of map of a of a space with like dotted lines mm-hmm. of where the kids had sort of been all over and like various shenanigans that they had gotten up to you know mm-hmm. a- along this pathway and um, anyway brings that to mind a yes. little bit for me too um uh neat so um what now that you have documented this um these goals and this learning and this kind of engagement for yourself what what's the next step with all of it well i think once learning has been documented i think it's important to share it with people and um to make it interactive so i think the next step it's been my own process and i'd like to share it with other people and have it be a little interactive so i have um put my the 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 visual representations of my goals outside of my office in little box frames with a question that says, what do you see? And I invite people to come and write, I have some post-its out there and pens, for people to come and just jot down what they see. What is their interpretation or response? What are their questions? What are their wonders? Um, It would help me to construct even further meaning around my own professional goals. Hmm. What a cool uh, project. You know, you. to make it uh, dialogic in that way. Um, well, uh, I know we are short on time on this particular morning, and so I don't want to use too much of it. But Jenny, I want to thank you for um, just it's such an interesting um, 
way that you have made your own thinking visible um, through this process, through the conversations you and I have had with uh, had with each other about it, and now this more public version uh, of a conversation here in the Sound Lab. So thank you for um, both just how engaged you are in your own in your own work and process as a school leader uh, and for the openness and willingness to share it with the community. Thank you, Dan. It was such a pleasure to be here. Uh, I feel like we should close with uh, many rivers to cross or something like that as a song, but uh, we're going to close with the usual Tribe Called Quest because this is the Udcast after all. So thank you for being here with us. Um, we hope you all have wonderful weekends wherever they take you. Shabbat Shalom to anyone listening on Shabbat and we will be back with you or at least I will maybe with some new special guests next week. <laughs>